Trigger warning. Trigger warning. If you do find this not helpful at the moment, don't feel like you have There's to There's any keep... pressure to listen yeah. whatsoever. Know that Georgia and I care about you and that we love you and that we want what's best for you. Yeah. And this podcast is not aiding you in your recovery and your mental state and how your day is going. Please do not feel any pressure or need to listen to it. Yeah, just take care of yourself. Just take care of yourself. Also, Georgia and I are not professionals at all no. when it comes to Like, we're, we don't have degrees in this. No, we're not. We not. No, <laughs> no, we are just two girls who are recovering from eating disorders themselves, wanting to share our stories and shed some light on some topics that may be harder to talk about. There will also be many resources in our description box. So if there's any point during this episode, any point at all, that you feel like that you need that little bit of extra support, no, there's no judgment. There's nothing wrong with you needing that. And that feel free to use them and that we support you and that we are so proud of you. Yes. Yeah. Picture me this. I'm here. We eat the fucking food. We eat the fucking food. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Eat the Fucking Food. My name is Lauren, and I'm joined today with the one and only Dardar. Dardar is on the podcast. I'm back. I'm back. Darcy's back. We love having Darcy back on the podcast. Darcy also has just become our producer, so Darcy will be on the podcast a lot more now, too, and that makes me very happy. Hell yeah. I love Darcy, and I love Darcy's brain when it comes oh, to... I love you. ...talking about recovery. Ah, oh, do you want to... Recovery. What's new? How are you doing? Um, What's new? You know, my life has been kind of a mess, mm-hmm. TBH, kind of a mess. Lots of things are new, but maybe we'll get into it. Okay. Maybe cool. we won't. We'll see. Maybe we'll get to it. Maybe we won't. Nice. All right. The world may never know. So, Dar, what would be the high of your week? Nicole, why did I just say that so professionally? And so like, Dar, so like scripted. What was the so high Dar, of what your was the week? high of your week? What's your high of your week, Dar? <laughs> my high of the week was driving all day yesterday with my sister and her boyfriend. I have been cooped up in the house for many, many weeks because I had ankle surgery a couple weeks ago. And getting out and being with people I like was very nice. Nice. That's a good high. The high of my week would probably be I got to go to Chicago yesterday for a job training. So I got Ooh. to be in my favorite city and I got to see some of my favorite people. I got dinner with Lauren and Sedona and we went to this super fun place. It was like this food court, but like an upscale food court. It was called the timeout market, if you're aware of that in Chicago. And I had this like school lunch. Okay, back in the day, at least where I went to school, they had these like garlic cheese bread, like boats for pizza, like a French bread type of thing. I don't know what the technical term is, but I basically had that, but like, like a fancy hot dog. No, not a fan. No, it's like, it's like a pizza. <laughs> yeah, but oh. like in a hot dog form, like mm. hot dog form, like. I guess, like, open face, I guess, maybe, more or less. Yeah. I wouldn't really consider it comparative like a to a hot dog, but. It's, like, a different genre of hot dog. No. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. But it was really good. And Got I intuitive, And it was really, okay, so when I first got it, too, it was, like, ginormous. Like, it was uh, probably the size of my forearm. And I was, like, ooh, that kind of spooky. Like, it's really big. And I was, like, do I eat the whole thing? Do I take leftovers? And I just intuitively ate it. And I was really proud of myself. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Not and I even had some extra bites a little bit past my full hunger cues because it tasted really good. 
And I said, I can do this. Hell yeah, it did. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, it did. Um, Darcy, what was the low of your week? That's a quick one. <laughs> there's, there's so fucking many, dude. Okay, um, the low of my week was probably two mornings ago. I woke up and I was just like depressed out the wazoo and I was just crying for no reason. It was not good. Um, that was my low. My low would probably, again, I, my low has been the exact same for the past three weeks. And this time it's not really adulting. I think it's just like, I feel myself overthinking a lot in this like chapter because of the fact that I want to like set myself up the best that I can for like adulthood. So I've been just like really overthinking a lot of the choices Mm -hmm. I've been making, like not in a positive or negative way, but it's just like causing me some like anxiety. And I think that I'm looking for that sense of control in my life. So by, mm-hmm. and like finding that control, not through using behaviors in my disorder. Instead, now I'm finding it by trying to like plan ahead as far as I possibly can, or like think of like all the outcomes. And again, this is why I hate COVID ahead because it doesn't help me. Like it doesn't, like thinking super far into the future only causes me anxiety about like how a possible scenario. Like you're not coping ahead, you're, you're future tripping. Um, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I'm future tripping right now. That's I kind of forgot about that until you just said that right now. I'm extremely <laughs> future tripping. I'm future tripping. Yeah. Yeah. Something that went well in my recovery this week it happened today. And I mentioned this on the episode with Dawson. If you haven't listened to that, check that one out. That was last week's um, end of week episode. But I gave my queer step scale back to my therapist today. I got to go to our little house because we live in the same town. And I gave it back to her. And I was like, wow. And that's kind of really nice because I needed that a lot last like summer and the past like fall and to now be in a place where I no longer feel like I need to be blind weight or I need, I'm not at like a healthy weight for like myself. And that's like not really a concern of either restoring and I've been maintaining this nice balance of a weight too and, and feeling happy about it. And I think that that's really exciting too is that huge yeah and it's like it's not I'm not trying to be like I love my body like wow I think I'm so hot and sexy like all that type of stuff but I like that yeah you know and that's and that's great for you that's because Darcy you are hot and sexy platonically but only platonically platonically but it's just like nice to feel for the first time in a while like neutral about my body during some days other days I don't feel neutral about it but yeah, that's what's going well in my like recovery. Darce, what has gone right. well in your recovery or just like your life around your mental health? So I would say I don't know that it's so much my recovery because I don't know that I'm like in recovery. Yeah, that's why I changed it. That's why I changed it to time. Me, I don't know. That's why I changed it to mental health for you because I figured like what's been yeah. what went well in your mental health this yeah. week. <laughs> so it kind of is related to recovery a little bit. I've been really depressed and. When I apparently get depressed, I eating is not hard in a disordered way, but it's just like kind of a chore because I just am depressed and mm-hmm. it just doesn't, I'm not hungry. Nothing seems appetizing, et cetera, et cetera. But I have just been doing it anyway because I have no choice. Like I have to eat. So I just find something that is at least manageable and something that's easy. And I just eat it even if it doesn't sound good. Because I wouldn't have been able to do that in the past. Whenever I was in my disorder, if I was depressed, I just 
use that as a very easy excuse to restrict. And now that doesn't serve me any purpose. Like it didn't help me at all to restrict or use behavior. So. Yay, Darcy. We love the growth. We Yay. love the growth. Yay. Yay. So this episode is going to be Darcy and I talking about like sexuality and recovery and like how recovery can aid in your rediscovery of yourself and how I feel like 80% of the people that I'm in a treatment had a sexual awakening when in recovery because it's crazy that your eating disorder masks (laughs) some of that stuff. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. So first I want to start a lot of stuff. Mice a lot of stuff, but we're gonna start with going over just like our pronouns and our sexual identities so that we have like a base for talking about this. Dardar, okay, I'll go first because I'm just gonna go first. Okay, my name because mine is not fun. My name is Lauren. I use she okay. her pronouns. <laughs> I'm gonna go first. I'm just gonna go first. My name is Lauren. I use she her pronouns, and I, I think that my sexual identity. I think I am. Borderline straight, I think human beings are beautiful, but I also think I'm asexual, and I don't really know how to exactly live with my sexuality right now and my identity, but I'm currently in a heterosexual passing relationship, so that is what I identify as. Darter, what do you identify as? Um, I am Darcy, and I use they, them pronouns, and I am a raging lesbian. <laughs> Just women at all times. Women. We love them. Women. Women. Just women. Women on a They're... silver platter. So, Dardar, do you feel that like Buddy. your <laughs> do you feel that your ED made it harder for you to discover like your sexuality? It absolutely did. I don't know. It's hard to say that it made it harder. It just it wasn't there at all. Like I didn't realize there was anything to work through or anything to discover or anything to be awakened in the first place. I just, I knew on some level since I was younger, I was like, I don't know that I'm exactly straight, but I don't, I didn't care to figure it out because I had so much other shit going on. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, discharging from treatment for the last time and being in a place where I had space in my brain to think about who I was and who I wanted to be and who I think I would have been without an eating disorder in the first place. Um, it gave me a lot more space and like autonomy and power to figure out who I am, who I like, et cetera. Yeah. I feel like that because of the fact that eating disorders like do mask so many like emotions and are trying to like protect you from things, it makes it really hard to like dial into that like part of like yourself, not only because of the fact that your sex drive when you're struggling with eating disorder is a raging zero out of zero. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like when I was when I was in treatment or needing to be in treatment, like for I was in that kind of limbo state for three and a half years and sex was like not anything. I didn't even think about it. Like it I thought I was asexual before I came out because I just like the, the libido was not there yeah and that's all. All, and a part of me feels like that that's why like I am questioning my sexuality and if I am like asexual like, or like personally too not until like this year and talking to some friends about it I didn't know that there was like a, a scale of like asexuality of like you there's not just like asexuality just isn't like one and done of like not wanting to be like have any physical like kind of like relationship in like that sense but like that there's 
a fluctuating like what you may spectrum spectrum that's the word thank you darcy i'm sorry that i am (laughs) terrible with words my dad called me out for being terrible with words too and i called veins and when i called no i called them nerves i think instead of calling them veins in the last podcast sorry everybody that yeah, you i called yep i, heard I struggle that. with you words at nerves. least i corrected myself the second time i struggle with words and that's yeah, not gonna get any better thank you but how definitely like within my eating disorder and when i was like really in the depths of it like my sex drive was nothing and that really made that part of having a relationship with somebody like near impossible within my like sexuality and within like my recovery like obviously as I had mentioned I was dealing also with trauma that I wasn't really for sure how that was affecting my sexuality and intimacy level with said partner but all of it like really I I feel like combined it itself and almost like numbed me out to allowing myself to feel that connection with another person on that level just because of the confusion that all of these like mixed emotions things thoughts in my head were around like sexuality I also to add this in there I feel like that like when I was at the height of my ED anytime I was being like intimate with a person I was never actually like emotionally there like I feel like I would be very like hyper aware of the way in which my body looked or the way in which I was being perceived by said partner so it made it extremely uncomfortable and extremely not fun (laughs) to be like in those vulnerable moments Mm -hmm. I don't know do you have any experience with that like you a space sexual yeah do you have any experience with that as well of like obviously in disorder libido is like completely like down but almost a sense that like did your disorder do you think like enabled you not to have to like think about that and use it almost as not an excuse but a protector of that side of you it's hard to say whether or not it you know was an excuse because it wasn't like it wasn't something else on my mind at all like I think my eating disorder numbed me out a lot and not only did it numb me out it like took up every ounce of thoughts that I had like any minute that I was thinking about anything I was thinking about food or I was thinking about behaviors or I was thinking about my body or I was thinking about something that I said to someone that was wrong five years ago or anything good there to discover because I didn't think I had those qualities in me to begin with because of kind of how I viewed myself and my even sort of definitely enabled that so I don't know that it masked it or that well definitely didn't mask it I don't know that it was an excuse more as much as it was just a way to like keep myself in this space of self-hatred because that made it a lot easier to be in my eating disorder it's a lot easier to be in your disorder if you think you deserve it Mm -hmm. I agree do you think that like the experiences that you went through through your recovery though like aided in you coming out and like almost like at the end of the day allowed you because you have to explore so much vulnerability within like your recovery to recover from eating disorder that by exploring that vulnerability that that helped you yeah I definitely going through treatment I mean I worked a lot on trying to find things about myself that I appreciated or that I thought were worthy of acceptance and love for myself and other people so even though I didn't recognize it at those times I was working through it once I got out of my disorder and out of treatment and I moved away and I had space and time to think about the things that I had been unable to think about for the last three and a half years 
it was kind of like retroactive progress. Like I then realized all these things I had learned, I could put into practice now because I hadn't before. And that kind of allowed me to, you know, once I realized that there was something, there was going to be a coming out situation, it was a lot easier to accept it because I had done all that work through treatment and in therapy. Do you think that in comparing, like accepting the fact that you did not identify like as straight, do you think that that was easier or harder than accepting the fact that you had like an eating disorder? Do you find like any parallels within those or no? It was easier to come out than it was to accept that I had an eating disorder. My first admitted to treatment, I was 17 and I was angry because I didn't think I needed to be there. I didn't think not, I didn't even go to the point of not thinking I deserve to be there because I didn't think there was anything to be deserving of. I was like, I just don't have an eating disorder. Like if I wanted to, I could just eat. And then slowly I realized that that was not the case, but that took months for me to accept that I actually needed the help that I was being forced to receive because I was 17. So I didn't have any say in being in treatment. I was an adolescent, so I was mm-hmm. forced to be in treatment. So it took a while to get over the resentment towards the people that put me in treatment and then accept that maybe they were right. I'm also very stubborn and I like to be right. So that was difficult. Oh yeah, so do I. Wait, that's so crazy. Maybe yeah. that's why we're friends Twins. and insane. Twins. Maybe. Do you think that, I like how I'm phrasing every single like question. Do you think, do you think, do you think? Do you think? I think a lot actually. I think all wow. the time. Do you hold any resentment for your eating disorder for almost like masking? I mean, obviously I don't, I can't say that you like hold resentment for your eating disorder. I'm not assuming that. But if you do hold any resentment for your eating disorder, do you hold resentment and specifically the category of your like sexuality and the intimacy and like re- your relationships with people of like not allowing no. you to have that in your life previously? No, because I I think on some level that I don't know who I would have turned out to be if I didn't have an eating disorder because something that me and my sister specifically have talked about is like I was not nice before treatment. I was a teenager I was very like for lack of a better word angsty and I thought Tarsi was being... angsty <laughs> I'm imagining you was an I angsty teenager that... I can't I can't <laughs> oh I an angsty being... wait 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 you were an angsty teenage horse girl yeah <laughs> Turn, then I turned out to not be a girl or a horse person or angsty so <laughs> completely oh, shifted identity table post yeah oh how the turntables have turned <laughs> oh how the turntables wow anyway. it's kind of like every other cooler that wants to be cool and blah 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 and then going into treatment that doesn't fly in treatment like you can't just be a bitch in treatment all the time mm-hmm. and I met a lot of people that were different than me and it made me a lot more accepting of others and thus a lot more accepting of myself because I realized that the relationships that I formed in treatment were with people that I would not have been friends with outside of treatment and not because they were bad people it was just like not the crowd that I ran with in high school are you specifically adding me right now no we would have been friends before (laughs) but there's a lot of people I'm not gonna like name names but a lot of people especially in the early days of my treatment that were really important people for a period of my life that I wouldn't have been gravitated towards without my eating disorder and then to build upon that like I think I would have stayed that person for a lot longer if I hadn't been forced into the situation that I was forced into. And while I was very angry about that for a while, I think the person I am because of recovery is a lot better than the person I would have been without it. Oh, that was beautiful. That's so true though. Like (laughs) the spectrum of people, look at, I use the word spectrum, but the spectrum of people that you meet 
wow, the type of people that you meet in like recovery and at treatment centers are legitimately so many people from so many different walks of life. And yeah. I think that that is so helpful in recovery is being able to meet so many people with different stories, yet still being able to connect with them at like some level. And like, that's one of my favorite mm-hmm. things about the podcast is that like, that's one of like the hopes and goals is to bring in as many of those people like as possible. Because yeah. I think that there's often that thought that like eating disorders have like certain look eating disorders only affects like x amount of people like that could never happen to me like I legitimately would have if I was like in high school like I would have never been like yeah I'm gonna I could see myself getting eating disorder like I was like that could never be me I love food way too much and I feel like that's a common like thing but the fact that they don't have a look and that you're so much enmeshed in all these different types of people and relationships and you get to like learn about yourself through them as well so has coming out helped with your recovery or no? Yeah. Like has, has yeah. coming, has coming out made, did it make, cause obviously at least when I learned about your new identity and your sexual discoveries, like it was in a place where I, at least from the outside looking in, you were in a very like solid place in like your recovery and everything. Do you think though that after you chose to come out and had this like revelation that it made it easier to almost like those like last like steps to the last couple like pushes that you needed to be in this place of recovery that you're at now I think I would have been at the place I'm at now regardless of if I come out or not I was in you know the best place I'd ever been in my recovery when I came out and I think even if I hadn't realized that I was gay I think I would have continued to be in that place in recovery it's coming out just really it didn't impact my recovery as much as it impacted my relationships. Like I, it made me closer with people, people in my life that I knew I could trust to come out to. And, and that strengthened those relationships. And I also came out and fell in love with my best friend, which changed my life a lot. And that's like a whole nother story, but I think it, it didn't affect my recovery as much as it affected kind of my relationships. Okay, to wrap up this little Q&A about sexuality within recovery from Dardar, um, do you have any advice for anybody who's in recovery and exploring their sexuality and like coming to terms with it? Or I would say take as much space as you need for your eating disorder because ultimately that comes first if you don't work through your relationship with food and your body and yourself first. Like even if you do realize that you're gay or you're you're whatever, whatever you identify as, like, you're not going to be able to fully explore that unless you're in a good place mentally and physically and being in recovery really, really does. And it's not just me trying to like plug recovery because we obviously know that that's the idea. Plug it. Situation. No, plug recovery, plug recovery, plug, it. plug recovery all day. <laughs> um, I mean, even if I had come out in treatment, like I wouldn't have been able to explore that part of me because I was so wrapped up in, in my own thoughts in my head and coming out after I was in a good place really allowed me to like fully explore and and find out who I was in my sexuality rather than just who I was in my eating disorder so I would say work through your eating disorder maybe first unless you have some situation that maybe like if you have trauma and that's really affecting your eating disorder and your behaviors you know work through the trauma first and then who you are and your sexual identity will come more naturally than recovery will. Like you're going to have to work harder probably for recovery than you will to figure out your 
sexual identity. Good advice. Good advice. Unless you can work through them at the same time. I think I tried to work through them at the same time and it's not that easy. Like legitimately, like I said, like at the beginning of the episode, I went into treatment being like, I think I'm bisexual. And then they're like, we think that that might have something to do with trauma. And I was like, I think you might be right. And then out of treatment, I was like, wait a second, but I do have some attraction towards women. And then I explored relationships with women. And I was like, wait a second. No, I definitely think I'm straight. But now being in a heterosexual relationship, I'm like, no, I think I, I don't, I don't really know what I am. And yeah, see, I came out before I had been with a woman. I had only been with men. And so I was like, everyone kind of questioned me. They're like, how do you know? Like you haven't even been with a woman yet. And then I did. And then I was like, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely not straight. Yeah. We had the opposite. A part of me feels like that, like within, I think that recovering brain disorder obviously helped me have a self-acceptance like of whatever my sexuality may be and just who I am as like a person. And it definitely like aided in that. I think what's also interesting is that the further away I get from my eating disorder, the less I feel like labels in general are important to me. I think that in the past, like when yeah. I was in high school, it was like very important for me to be able to almost like label my sexual identity and put like a like box over it almost to help. I don't know if it was my concern of how I was being perceived and like what other people were like thinking about me in that. But now being farther away from that person that I, like, I was, I think accepting that I may not know and that I don't need to know and that it can just exist and that I can just exist that that has also like helped me and I think that that goes along with the side of just like accepting oneself and I think that that's really really hard to do when you have an eating disorder because like you said really covers up or like fuels like a self-hatred that is so deeply rooted within I don't want to speak again for majority of people but is deeply rooted with like eating disorders so that it almost does make it impossible to explore that part of yourself. So I do agree with your statement. And that along to wrap it back up or tie it back into your advice, I do agree that like you need to be in a place and figure out your own self-worth outside of your sexual identity, outside of your relationships, outside of, I don't know, any labels that you may be trying to like give to yourself. And not only only is sexuality a spectrum, it's also fluid. Like you... I mean, you're kind of a shining example of thought, all these different things about who you're attracted to, who you're not, what you like, what you don't. And that may just be your sexuality itself. Like it's just fluid and you're just attracted to who you're attracted to. And if you are, you are. If you're not, you're not. And it doesn't matter the gender, maybe necessarily, maybe it does. But, you know, things ebb and flow in every aspect of life. And that includes your sexuality sometimes. I'm a fluid person. What can I say? You're fluid. Okay, I say maybe that's what maybe after this episode, maybe I've come to the conclusion of anytime anybody asks me my sexuality, I'll just say fluid. <laughs> Why are you fluid. grinning? Fluid. Yep. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Darcy, for helping me label my sexuality. Bodily fluid. <laughs> <laughs> fluid. Bodily fluid. Um, okay. So yes, this is a shorter episode, but our episode on Monday was an hour long and if you haven't listened to that one, go check that out. That's George and I talking about yeah, so life at res. It's a fun one. But so Darcy, I know you probably would have had so many. Do you have any sh- thoughts you want to share from that episode? No, quick before we wrap this one up. Um, I do want to comment on the the counselor that <laughs> ate very questionable things at very questionable times. And one thing that was left out of that was 
said counselor, let's call him Jim. His name's not Jim, but we're going to call him Jim for HIPAA reasons. I don't know if that applies. But. I don't know either. But just anyway, him. one time for breakfast, he ate um, a bowl of mac and cheese and, again, half an avocado. And he also one time I ate remember a what it is. stick with a fork and knife. Um, I also remember the one snack that I was thinking about. What he ate was avocado toast with a banana on it. Do you remember that? Yep. That was yep, that was I what really got me. And we were all like, the fuck. What are you doing to take care of yourself? So tonight, later yeah, I have tonight. my tonight, I'm going to my cousin's graduation and we're going out to dinner first with my whole family. So something I'm gonna take care of my away and going to take care of myself is one, taking some anti nausea medicine before dinner because my body is kind of fucked up. I don't know what from maybe the eating disorder. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, I'm gonna take some anti nausea med and then just do my best to just enjoy time with my family um and be present and be mindful of the people that I'm with and the experience that I'm having and get to support my cousin in her graduation oh fun time we love family time we love family time I am going so this weekend I'm going to visit um my partner's family because her sister came in and I'm so excited to get to see her and hang out with them but I got us car snacks. I got some popcorners, yeah, specifically the kettle corn t- kind, and some turkey. Yum. Yum. So yes. I love kettle corn. Dude, me too. Me too. Okay. So that's what I'm so going to do. So much better than popcorn. So much better than popcorn. So much, way more elite than popcorn. So yeah, so that's what I'm going to do to take care of myself. I'm going to enjoy some car snacks and not let it affect how I feel myself for dinner. And that is like, a mood. That is a mood. Uh, that is a mood. Thank you for listening. Um, make sure to turn into next week's episodes as well. Again, Darcy will be on the podcast just lurking a little bit more. Oh, my sister's cat just came. I'm a lurker. Me. They're gonna be a lurker. They're gonna be a lurker. And um, you got it. I know. I got it. I got it. <laughs> and yeah, way to eat the fucking food proud of us i love us and all right well bye thanks for everybody for listening bye